0: Co-worker of yours.
3: From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those mid-swings and he hits a drive.
1: He hits a
4: slammer.
3: Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Here we go.
5: Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man,
6: let's get going here.
5: Here we go, here we go, here we go.
6: Into Hour 2 of the program. we got a lot coming up. Daniel Esteve is going to join us in about 15 minutes. We've got our weekly exclusive conversation with uh, Patrick Mahomes from our sister station in Kansas City coming up at 7.35. No Kelly tonight, but we do have a John Hancock, and hopefully we'll uh, join uh, have him join us for a little bit in our final segment leading into a Monday night edition of At Your Service. Right now, though, we're going to have some fun with audio. You may not have heard all of this because... Well, it happened late last night. City SC losing yesterday to Sporting KC by a 4-1 score. Uh, Early, early, early this morning, just past midnight, there was a post-game media conference uh, involving head coach Bradley Carnell, goalkeeper uh, Roman Berkey, and also a defender Tim Parker. Wanted to play... A fair amount of audio from uh, last night so you get an idea of uh, what was said after a uh, disappointing result for City as they lose a home matchup in their first ever playoff uh, match. One thing that was clear from the beginning, fans were great and uh, Bradley Carnell certainly confirmed that.
7: Not a a good result for us by any means. Um, You know, that didn't take away the occasion from the fans. You know, I want to thank the fans for coming out here. I thought the energy was electric. I thought the the energy that they they put out from the beginning of the game was amazing
6: cardinal went on to say that he felt like his
7: team certainly did have some opportunities we go a goal down and show great response uh, a minute later um and then two two moments get away from us um shots from range i think all three of their goals shots from shots, shots from range and then we're standing 3-1 down the bottom of a barrel so you know we've we've punched teams like this in the face a few times and and now we know what it feels like so you know i think part of being a being a champion is also knowing how to lose so i mean yeah tonight uh, we get knocked in the face and and uh, we couldn't really respond in the moments or didn't get rewarded for the moments that we we got in front of goal and uh, yeah we couldn't really quite get those critical moments in our favor to turn the game around so yeah i mean we had a few moments uh, don't we unfortunately don't score the goal
6: there is some truth in that, and we're going to go through kind of a lot of different sides to the story from last night. There is some truth that City did have some opportunities in this matchup, and they don't, other than the one goal that they scored, they they don't come through. And if they do come through in some of those other opportunities, maybe it's a different result. I think it's also fair to say that they did not— um, execute in a way that put themselves in position to have more of those scoring opportunities and more importantly, take away the scoring opportunities from sporting KC and Carnell did uh, admit that they certainly did struggle in some areas.
7: Lacked a little bit of urgency at certain times. You know, they, they played a very direct ball um, credit to them with, with Kyrie Shelton holding up the play really well um, and Polito floating between the lines. So, you know, that, that we struggled to adjust with and, and try to get you know more pressure on the ball at certain moments stop the supply at certain moments. Um, but yeah, we just were a little bit off the pace of the critical duels today and uh, that's the result thereof. So, you know, this is not an aggregate game uh, where it takes over into the next leg. So it's one and done and we move on to the next one. So, you know, that's the hope at the end of it because like I said earlier, we know how it feels to to have these types of score lines throughout the season. We've done it many, many times. Um, but yeah, we also have to be a, a good loser sometimes and uh, they were just better than us on the night.
6: So the goals that Sporting Kansas City scored for the most part were somewhat long-range goals. Now, they got good looks at the goal. You can be – a far way away from the goal, and if you've got nobody in between you and the goal outside of the goalkeeper, it's still going to be a high-percentage shot. Uh, that being said, uh, when you look at the way things went, and kind of going back to what Carnell said a moment ago about them having opportunities, uh, they, they weren't overly angry with the way the team played in the first half, even though uh, they're down by a couple going into halftime. In fact, Carnell indicated that he felt like, especially in the first half, that they played better than the score would have indicated.
7: I felt there was different energy about us today. I thought there was a little bit more of us being, you know, connected to us, the occasion, you know, I didn't think there was too much wrong with the first half at all. And the scoreline is 3-1. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we blink an eye and it's 3-1 and we're thinking, how, how did that happen? You know, so um, obviously there's little moments in there that we can get better and do better and have to do better with. Um, but I don't think there was too much separating the two teams going into the half.
6: I mentioned this with Tom Timmerman earlier. So, when you have a result like last night, you're trying to figure out what went wrong. and when you when you do the what went wrong thing, you kind of do the who went wrong or who did what that led to what went wrong. And that was not really part of the narrative in in post game last night. Everything was about how they can get better as
7: a team. You just have to have a look and see as a collective, you know. Um, and that's what we were thriving on, you know, in the in the games prior. You know, we we you know valued the collective, um, but we don't want to talk about individual errors. You know, we 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 win together, we lose together, and we have to hold our heads up high. And even in moments like this, you know, I have to present myself and and make sure that we we know what just happened, which is not okay. But also now to get a response out the team, and this is what my job is all about now. So, yeah, listen, we've we've had some great experiences this year. Um, and I would be a fool to think that it's going to be a fairy tale all the time and, and you know, for the rest of the year. So, again, we get we get challenged in certain moments in life um, and on a soccer field. Um, and these are one of these moments. Um, so, listen, there's always light at the end of the tunnel.
6: So here's a big question. How do they score more goals?
7: Getting progressively up the field a little better you know I thought uh we played too brave uh we didn't play brave enough you know uh we're a little bit cautious in certain moments and you know sometimes you have to will yourself to a positive action um and, and getting the ball in certain areas of the field so I thought we were just a little bit too passive um and, and not brave enough at certain times and you know um, yeah listen we, we, we want to play vertical, we want to play progressive, um, and we want to get the ball in the opponent's half, um, and then we want to play the game. So uh, we didn't get too many of those moments in the opponent's half to then get a back line up and then to get into the final third and then to control the the proceedings. So we never really got to that momentum. Um, yeah, and, and that was, you know, credit to them, um, partly. But also, yeah, I think uh, 58% possession, if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's not our signature, you know, um, at times when we're leading three zero and we can control the game then by all means. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where a little bit more bravery came in should come into it.
6: So the moment the game got over, it was all about the next game, winning game two to force a game three. What was his message to the team in the locker room after the team was officially down one Oh,
7: just, uh to to let them know it's it's not an aggregate scoring and make sure it's one and done and and we still have two more two more reps at this you know so um next week we're gonna have to leave it all out there leave it all on the line um you know we're playing away from home and we have to bring the energy we've won games away from home to um yeah to bring the urgency and the belief and the confidence of what got us to this place you know champions who who finish number one in the league or, you know, good teams who finish number one in the league, are all of a sudden, not a bad team. So it starts a lot within the heads. And, you know, that's the job of the coaches and myself, um, just to make sure that we try and grind away at, um, because in, in, in ability, we've proven this over 34 match days, which is actually the hardest, right? But getting up for the next game is always the most important. Um, and that's what we have to build up for next week.
6: Goaltender Roman Berkey also speaking to the media last night slash early this morning. He says the team has to be better.
8: I would say collective not good enough. Um, we had problems when when they had a goal kick and they played a long ball, usually easy for us to defend. But um, this time today um, we had we had a lot of problems and uh, just like unusual no pressure on the ball you know let the guys shoot don't block the, no no blocking the shot and um uh, up front which is uh were not enough like i would say just not um uh i would say yeah not deadly enough um i would the, the shots we had were most like on the goalie you know easy saves and um the shots they had they had uh, decent shots uh,
6: Couple more things from uh, Berkey. I thought this was interesting. He talked about the the process this week to get ready for game number two, and he said that leadership is a really big thing during the course of this week.
8: Players who are more experienced, like me, Tim, uh, Jake. Um, now it comes down to us, you know, to put the right mindset, uh, the right the right intensity in trainings, you know, um, and don't let anyone just. Now being so disappointed that they forget how to play and um, like that their head their head is full of thinking about what happened to tonight, you know, and thinking about oh was it good enough for me or isn't that you know overthinking things. So um, we are going to make sure that um, we know nothing has changed. Now uh, we still want to win the next game and um, we should uh, forget about the game tonight.
6: Last thing from him, and I found this to be very, very interesting. Essentially, he was asked about, is this about Kansas City playing well or St. Louis not playing well? And for Berkey, it was more of the latter.
8: I think they did nothing special. Uh, It's just really comes down to us. Um, We were not good enough tonight. You know, we had... uh, We knew what to do when they're going to play a long ball from a goal kick. But um, we concede a goal like this, you know, after a goal kick and um, set pieces, uh, throw-ins. Quality-wise, we were just not not good enough. Uh, You know, we were physical the whole season. We almost uh, outworked every opponent. And now, like I said, everyone gets a little bit more tired. And now it comes down to quality. But um, today... The quality was just uh, not enough, and that's—I uh, would not say uh, Kansas did something spectacular uh, or uh, something special. Um, it's just like we were not good enough. Game two of the best
6: of three series will be coming up on Sunday in Kansas City, a four o'clock start, and we'll have it for you here on KMOX. Daniel Esteve from Fox Two, he joins us next. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX.
0: podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
5: It's the Gray Bar Sports Open line. Those bitch swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. America's
8: Sports Voice,
5: King of OX.
6: We're back at it here on a Monday night. Continuing on, we're about to go back to the Quiver River Electric guest line and welcome on to the program one of our favorite people in the world. He is Daniel Esteve. You see him on Fox 2 and Channel 11. He's also the host of the Wembley's Game podcast. That is a soccer podcast. I love the idea behind this podcast. What he does is he looks at the fact that soccer is such a huge part of so many communities, and he brings people on who are experts in the game, and they just talk through things. His most uh, recent guest was uh, Katie Shields from the uh, Slough Women's Soccer Team, who uh, had a fantastic regular season and just won. Uh, their first A-10 conference tournament game this past weekend. So with that, let's bring on Daniel Esteve. You see him uh, on Twitter at uh, Daniel uh, Daniel J. Esteve. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? Good. I, I couldn't read your Twitter handle for a second.
9: but uh, Hey, that's those already. intros are getting longer and longer, man. I'm sorry. I've, I should
6: just get right <laughs> to it. you. That's No, it's probably, as I'm sure some radio consultant would tell me that's a bad job by me.
9: <laughs> hey, now nah, always a good job by Matt Polly. And honestly, um appreciate you plugging the podcast. It really has been one of the cooler experiences I've gotten to do. Um not even really tied to my career, but but just St. Louis related, meeting so many great people. We're a, willing to give their time.
6: Yeah, it's really cool to see the list of people that uh, that you've had on, so I'm glad that uh, the soccer community is certainly supporting you uh, in that as well. Last night, not a great night for City SC. There's so many narratives coming out of last night that they weren't pressuring the ball, uh, that uh, they, they actually played almost even with them in the first half. It's just, you know, the supporting KC happened to get a couple to go while St. Louis did not capitalize on their opportunities. There was a lot to talk about the system and, and the decisions on the lineup. What's your overall takeaway of what we saw last night at City Park?
9: The overall takeaway is nothing short of that was among the worst performances we've seen City play. And and that's not even coming from me. That's something that you heard Ramon Berkey echo. That's something that you saw Tom Tim Parker speak to to a certain degree. But it was just not what we've grown accustomed to seeing throughout the year. and And a lot of people are making a lot of more about it you know they've heard a lot of people talk about how Nielsen may not be the answer at center back how the decision to not start Nico or start Sam alongside Jao was a big issue formationally is the press really worth it et cetera, et etc and I really think it just came down to they did not come to play last night the effort wasn't there the press that they've dominated with all season just wasn't clicking and Sporting KC took advantage of that had numbers on the back end and even beyond that defensively, they had opportunities to clear balls, and the poor clearance led to a second goal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's when you can start nitpicking, but at the end of the day, it was just a, an off night.
6: There was a lot of talk about possession, and they're not a team that should possess very long. They need to get, mm-hmm. they need to attack quickly, so even though time of possession may look good on a, you know, kind of a stat sheet, it's not something they want to do and it shows some kind of them being passive if their time of possession is really high. Why Whether it was the lack of intensity and urgency or being passive, like whatever words you want to use for it, how does that happen in your first ever playoff match?
9: I mean, it has to start in practice, right? I think that's where Roman Berkey really spoke to in his press conference was leading up to it. Did he feel like the intensity was there? He did acknowledge the fact that a lot of the times the goalkeepers don't participate with the rest of the squad often. But when he did, he said he just saw something that concerned him. There wasn't a bit of intensity. People were kind of taking it easy, a lot of lightheartedness on the pitch when, in fact, at this point, you've guys got to be locked in more so than any part of the rest of the season. And uh, I'm, I'm just hoping it's not a trend that you've seen trickle into the end of the season because it seems that since they clinched that first overall seed, that intensity has gone down. And at the end of the day, this team does not is not possession-based, to your point. It does not break down formations. It is winning the ball back in – deadly areas and converting. That's how they score and they defend highly and they risk a lot in doing so. And and if you're not intense in doing that, well, then you're pretty much screwed at that point. And that's what we saw last night.
6: I The, the comments from Berkey, like, you just have to appreciate a guy who is as honest as he is because yeah, at one point he said, this isn't on Kansas City. This is on us. You know, he, he did yep. not give any credit to Kansas City for what they did last night. I don't know if that turns into bullet board material or not, but it, it just feels <laughs> like there's the confidence with this team that if they do put their best effort on the pitch, that they're going to be okay.
9: And it's funny because throughout the season, you've kind of you've seen this echoed here and there for, for some of our listeners, some of your listeners right now, they probably don't see it week to week but Roman Berkey is not that vocal leader that you typically see from the back, right? Like this is a guy that actually said in last night's press conference, I'm thankful for Tim Parker to be the vocal guy, to echo how you compete in the playoffs, to do X, Y, and Z for me as captain. Whereas Roman Berkey is just all about doing it and setting the tone by example. And he's shown that all year. When you see him frustrated with his own performance last night, you hope that resonates with the rest of the team. You hope they see that. Um, but, I mean, he was the one that was echoing right off the bat that intensity was not right, and when he's saying that, somebody who's about as intense as anybody you'll find in MLS, if not world football, who's been there and done that in the Champions League, in the Bundesliga, et cetera, et cetera. But well, then you know something's a little off and they need to right the ship come Sunday.
6: Your line of questioning last night was very much around like where do you go from here and was it execution versus uh, yeah. you know, the, the the system that was being used. Based off the answers that you received last night, do you think there's going to be lineup changes, maybe even some, some system uh, alignment type changes going into game two? It's funny because when I
9: asked that question, thinking, where is the mentality from Bradley Carnell's perspective? What, did they try to fix anything? Understanding that they had played this team multiple times. And they said that leading into this, Hey, we know what they do. They know what we do. It's just going to be a battle of heart. But it seemed like on the surface, sporting KC must have changed something if they have that dramatic a result. But at the end of the day, city was just doing what they always do and just didn't do it as well as they had done before. So In asking that question, I was wondering if that change that he would make, whether it be tactically or personnel-wise, is that because of tactics or is that because you need that extra jolt of energy or the people that were playing weren't intense enough, et cetera, et cetera. I think it was strictly intensity. If something's going to change, it may just be to offer a burst of energy. Um, But I've got to think that that you go to a two-striker set in terms of tactic changes and hope that Sam can not only bring an extra addition to Zhao Klaus up top, or Nico can bring an extra support to Zhao Klaus, but that they can also bring a bit more intensity off the bench and press up.
6: He is a Daniel Steve. You see him on Fox 2. You see him on Channel 11. We mentioned the podcast, Wembley's Game, a soccer podcast. If people want to listen into to that, uh, what's the best way to find it?
9: Spotify. Spotify is always the easiest. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'm always posting little blips from the, the podcast and then also the links to the finalized podcast. They, they get posted every Wednesday morning at 7.15. So if you guys are driving to work or, or looking for an opportunity to listen, honestly, don't listen to me. Listen to the incredible voices that, that share their time with me. And I'll, I'll tell you, not this week, but next week, we've got a former U.S. Women's National Team player joining me. So it's going to be a, a really cool, cool conversation that I'm looking forward to.
6: All right. Very, very good. Daniel, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, as always, for uh, being so gracious with your time.
9: Appreciate it, Matt. We'll talk
6: soon. All right. There's Daniel Esteve joining us here on the program. We'll take a break. When we come back, it is our weekly conversation with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes provided to us from our sister station, 610 Sports in Kansas City. We'll hear that in just a moment as we roll on with the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX.
5: we have the 5G speed you need.
1: Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
6: It is time to uh, hear from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, courtesy of our uh, sister station in Kansas City, our weekly Monday conversation with the uh, Chiefs quarterback we will hand things over to uh, Carrington Harrison, who is joined by Mahomes, and as they uh, open up their conversation, Mahomes gives an update on how he's feeling after the very surprising loss for the Chiefs against the Broncos yesterday.
10: Uh, I mean, obviously, you're a little disappointed, um, thought we, we didn't play a great game, um, and then, uh Coming off a loss, you know, just trying to find a way to move on and get to the next game and uh, find a way to get it rolling again.
3: So let's just start with this because, you know, before the game, we find out that you were on the injury report, not for an injury, but just feeling sick. Take us through the timeline from Saturday up until the game and everything that you had to do to get ready to play.
10: Yeah, I just, uh, you know, Saturday night kind of started feeling bad. Um, Not going to go into too much detail on all the the symptoms and stuff, but I didn't feel great. And try to sleep it off and get ready for the game on uh sunday i mean it's just uh part of those things of being a being a person sometimes you get a little uh sickness that comes your way
3: and you gotta kind of bounce back from it what, what um patrick was there ever a chance that you weren't gonna play because you were too sick
10: no nah, i mean i was gonna play the whole time um unless it was something that was gonna like debilitate me or something like that i mean I, I was gonna be out there playing i mean uh it's part of part of life man you get sick um but you have to continue to play if you want to play football and uh,
3: so, uh just like someone else that has to go to work when they're sick man you just got to do it which is it harder to play with is it harder to play through some of the injuries that you had you had the high ankle sprain or is it harder to play during this like which one takes more physical and mental kind of you you got to push through it more
10: yeah I mean anytime you're not 100% man you know you don't, you have to push through something but that's kind of just part of the NFL in general so I mean you just kind of got to deal with it. Um, that's, that's part of every season. You're going to go through games. You're not feeling great. and You have to find ways to win whenever you don't.
3: Right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Last thing about this. Um, yesterday, um, do you feel like your play was affected at all by you being sick?
10: I honestly don't. Um, I just thought we just didn't play at a high enough level, uh, especially offensively. Um, and, uh, that just comes with execution and, uh, obviously uh, Denver had a great game plan. Um, and, uh, they, they executed at a higher level than we did.
3: You mentioned execution to me. You could really see that in the red zone. You and I have talked about this. What's your level of frustration with the red zone? You guys have had third and one third and short fourth down, and you guys have been, have been unable to convert. Why, what, what problems have you guys had executing in those red zone scenarios?
10: Yeah, I think there was, uh, two big scenarios or two or three uh, scenarios yesterday. And, uh, obviously had a settle for a field goal and then, uh, some turnovers and stuff like that. I mean, it's just uh, little things like that, man. If you're not on the, the exact right, uh, page, every single play in the red zone, stuff like that happens. And, uh, we have to continue to get better and better at it. Um, and, uh, to find a way to execute ever as we continue throughout the rest of the season.
3: I mean, yesterday Patrick, it just felt like one of those things like everything that could go wrong went wrong and you mentioned sometimes that just happens in the NFL from the injuries to you not feeling well to the cold to the turnovers. It just felt like one of those days that just everything that could possibly go wrong for you guys did.
10: Yeah, man, um, that happens in the NFL. Um, credit to the Broncos, though. I mean, you doesn't you, like that. stuff just happens. They have to go out there and force us to have miscues and stuff like that. And so um, all you can do is learn from it and keep pushing forward. Uh, we got a great football team. Obviously, uh, yesterday was not our day, um, but uh, we have a huge game coming up this week, so we have to continue to move forward and try to find a way to
3: win it. You just played them a couple of weeks ago. What differences did you notice in the Broncos this time as opposed to the first time you played them?
10: Yeah, I mean there wasn't a ton. I mean they they had a good game plan for us the first time and did a few adjustments off of it, but it was pretty similar. Um, we just didn't we didn't execute at a high enough level. I mean just like we did in the first time, and we didn't put the ball in the end zone. Um, and it's hard to win in this league when you don't. Um, and so uh, we got to take pressure off our defense. by finding ways
3: to sustain drives. And that's something that we'll continue to work on. I saw that you were asked about trust in the wide receivers in the postgame press conference. What can you do as an offense? What can you do as a quarterback to get more out of, out of the wide receiver group that you have?
10: Uh, all, you, all you can do is just continue to work. Uh, I mean, I think we got the guys that can go out there and, and put up big numbers. And we've done it at certain games this year. Um, and so it's just about continuing to work, not being satisfied with where we're at. Um, just continue to build that chemistry. Um, and, and keep it keep it moving in the right direction. I mean, you, you look at the season and stuff like this happens. Um, it's tough to, uh, that uh, it happened against a division opponent. Um, but uh, it's how you respond and how you bounce back. And uh, I think it'll be a great opportunity to see how uh, these guys uh, bounce back versus a great football team this week.
3: Where is your trust and confidence in that happening over the course of the next eight to ten weeks or so?
10: Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of trust and confidence in it. I mean, um, just playing for Coach Reed, we've been able to deal with uh, a lot of different groups of players, um, and I think it, what we've always learned or what I've always learned from that is that if you continue on the right pace and uh, continue to work every single day, that it's all going to come together at the right time. And uh, so that's that's the trust that I have in uh, this organization and the culture that we build is we're going to have guys that if they continue to work and work and work, uh, they will all be clicking on the right, the right, page, on the right page as a uh, – as the season goes on
3: right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, for a couple more minutes here. Patrick, this week is obviously abnormal. How is the team? Do you guys keep everything normal when this is unlike any week that you have this season?
10: Yeah, I mean, all you can do is focus on what you can control. And that's how hard you go out to practice and then how much film you watch and and everything like that. Um, obviously, the travel will be different um, and uh, being in a different environment. Um, but it'll be exciting and it's just about just controlling getting your stuff done that you need to get done throughout the week knowing that it's just another football game and uh, enjoying it when you're over there in Germany and and playing in front of some
3: great fans let me ask you about Tyreek I'm sure you're gonna be asked about this a million times how important was Tyreek early on in your career
10: I mean he's extremely important man I mean I mean you still see it to this day the way he's able to uh, win one-on-one and just make plays happen man Um, he's uh, everybody sees the physical I mean the speed and um how he's able to go up and make these catches and stuff like that but i don't think every, not everybody sees how hard that man works man I mean, he's one of the hardest working guys i've ever been around and uh the young guy to see a guy that's that talented worked that hard um it, it kind of put a stamp on me to go out there and continue to work hard and so uh i'm happy for tyreek man he's had a hell of a season so far this year and he had one last year um it'll be a great matchup for us to go up against a, that football team
3: where are you guys at from a relationship standpoint, from a friendship standpoint, post trade? I don't know how often you guys talk, but where are you after everything that's happened over the last couple of years?
10: Yeah, I mean, we talk every once in a while. Um, more, I would say, more in the off season than during the season. I mean, I, just how a season goes with football players. But I mean, we still have a good relationship, man. Um, he's, he's a he was a brother to me. Um, he helped me have a lot of great times in, in Kansas City, um, not only on the field but off of it as well, and kind of welcomed me into the culture that the Chiefs had um, before I even got here. Um, And so I'll always be rooting for him, man. Um, And hopefully he's going out there and he can put up 2,000 receiving yards. Just
3: hopefully not a lot of them are on us. Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes for a couple more minutes here. Patrick, it's crazy because whenever people like me and fans talk about trades, we always talk about them like winners and losers. I mean, this is one of the few trades that really worked out for both sides. You guys obviously won the Super Bowl last year. You guys had great success. You won MVP last season. And then Tyree Kill, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, he has a chance to have 2,000 yards receiving. He was the fastest to ever get to 1,000 yards in eight games. I mean, this is a trade that really worked out for both sides.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's it's rare, but I, I truly believe it did. And I mean, I, obviously, I loved having Tyreek on my football team just as the person that he is and, and as far as a, a friendship and stuff like that. Um, and so for, for me, I think I'm happy for him that he got to a place where he's close to the family. He got to make a lot of money, and uh, he's still going out there and competing every single week and dominating the NFL, man. And so I'm happy for him, and obviously we had our success uh, this last year and uh, having a pretty great season this this one so far. And so... Um, it's, it's rare in the NFL that it works for both sides, but, uh, I'm glad it did. Cause, uh, as, uh, like I said, it's one of my brothers, man.
3: Patrick, whenever you think back, um, is, is there a Tyreek play that kind of sticks out? Do you have a favorite play during his time in Kansas city?
10: Yeah. I mean, I think the, one obviously is the fourth down play, um, against the, the Ravens. I mean, just cause of knowing the situation, uh, running to the right and just looking and seeing Tyreek and just kind of putting it out there to let him try to make a play. Um, Him coming back to the ball, and he wasn't even 100% healthy that game. And it just speaks to the type of competitor that he is, um, is that he he would battle through little stuff like that to go out there and be
3: there for his teammates, and uh, I respect that about his game couple more questions here for Patrick Mahomes joining us on the show today. Two things I have to ask you. One, I'm curious if you're at all motivated or the team is motivated by any of the comments that Tyreek has made over the last couple years. You're a guy that's always up to date with what's going on and what people are saying. I'm curious if that's going to come up at all amongst the team this week.
10: I mean, I, I I don't know for sure. Uh, I think uh, that'll be something that if guys are motivated by it, then they can use it. If not, then uh, they can use something else. Man, you, you you find motivation in a lot of things in this league, um, and uh, so I think uh, we just continue to be who we are and uh, handle our business, and then let the let the, the trash talk kind of handle itself.
3: A couple more things here. I saw some people that were kind of critical of Travis going to the World Series. On Friday, I, I saw that you were scheduled to be there. Maybe you weren't feeling well. I, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. What do you think about Kelsey going to the World Series on Friday?
10: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal. Um, I mean, guys enjoy enjoy their life out, outside of football, and as long as they come in and put 100% in, um, then that, then you, you can go out there and respect that. And, I mean, uh, I think you know one thing about Travis Kelsey. He's 150% in on being the best football player, and the best Kansas City Chiefs um that he can be and the fact that he battled the injuries that he has throughout the beginning of the season proves that so i'm not really worried about him going to a, a baseball game
3: and being back for all the meetings and all the practices like usual last thing here patrick i know that you got a lot going on this week but you also have two little ones what, what is the a plan for halloween
10: yeah i'm sure we'll do some trick-or-treating uh, around the neighborhood or something like that uh not too big a plan it's hard when you kind of have this crazy week uh in the kind of halloween's on a i think tuesday or something like that and so we'll we'll make sure to go out for halloween but it's still gonna make bedtime you know so uh, it'll be it'll be fun to enjoy that with them and sterling's getting to where she starts understanding kind of what a little bit of what's going on so i'm excited to see her all dressed up and everything like that
3: patrick when is the plan for you guys to leave because miami i think actually leaves today so they're going to be there a little bit before you guys what is the plan for you guys to leave for germany
10: uh, I think I think Thursday. I mean I'm not a I'm not a thousand percent, but I believe Thursday after practice is when we're rolling out there and so uh yeah, it's my first time going over to Europe or anything like that, so I don't have a lot of a lot of insight on it, but uh I'm excited to go over there and play and uh have some fun out there.
3: That is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs joining us on the show today, Patrick Mahomes, as they prepare for a big regular season matchup against the Miami Dolphins. Patrick, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, appreciate y'all.
6: That is uh, Patrick Mahomes speaking uh, with uh, Carrington Harrison in Kansas City. We always uh, play that for you on Monday nights here on KMOX. We'll take a break, get a preview of what's going on on Sports Open Line. And I've got to, I got an issue that i got to throw at uh, the fellows. We'll tell you all about it coming up in just a moment as we roll on with the Sports Open Line here on KMOX. This
5: is a great. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Our sports open line. Go Smith, swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's sports voice, king of OX.
6: Back at it as we start to wrap up this edition of the program. Up next, it is... Uh... It's kind of Hancock and Kelly late night Monday night eight o'clock to ten. Uh, John Hancock is in the house. No Michael Kelly tonight because he's never in town. But there's uh, there's still Kelly adjacent. Can we do yeah. that? Yeah,
5: Paul Boschert, Michael's uh, brother-in-law. Who, by the way, his politics are much better than Michael's, and uh, and he's a great guy. So both you guys, I I have to throw something at you. All right, throw
6: it. on So. I'm in a house. Yeah. I, we moved into a house six, seven months ago, it seems like. Yeah. I guess not even that long, a few months ago. Where are you? I'm in Chesterfield. Oh, lovely. So yeah. we, um, this morning I'm taking the dogs out, uh-huh. and I look down, and what do I see
5: in my front yard? What? I see a large piece of, uh, of dog doo-doo. Somebody's dog has defecated on your lawn. Yes. And they have not picked it up. Correct. Hmm. I have a ring doorbell. Ooh, so the culprit. It took me about six
6: seconds to go back through yeah, yeah. and see who did it. and you know who did it. I know who did it. Now here's the thing. I'm the new guy yeah, on the block, and yeah. I love where I live. Yeah, and I
5: love all my neighbors. yeah,
6: and I, it wasn't a super clear shot of this person, but I'm pretty sure I know who it is. I mean,
5: you've seen enough uh, investigative discovery channel to know that uh, the cameras work. Really nice guy. Like I I've, I've the interactions that we've had have been very very
6: good. Mm. The last place I was at, I had a neighbor that I generally liked and they did something that annoyed me and I let them know about it and it did not go well yeah. and it kind of strained the relationship. I wouldn't mess with you. And I didn't like that. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So fellas, right now my my thought is I'm just going to let this one go. If it becomes a trend, then there's a conversation to be had. But I love my neighbors. I love my neighborhood. I'm brand new there. I've got a wife. I've got a daughter. they got to be outside. We don't need people thinking bad things about the Pauly household. So I think I'm just going to wear this one. I I picked up the poop, and I'm just going to let it be.
1: Paul? Well, man, I I think uh, every— I better get on here first. Yeah. I think every dog gets one free pass. One free. One, free one free freebie. Yeah, okay. get one free one. And uh, I totally understand because I'm the dog walker in my family. So I totally understand. Uh, you know, those things do happen. Accidents happen. So you got to give them one free pass, especially as a new person in the neighborhood.
5: I think it was George W. Bush who said, this will not stand. We can't have lawlessness roaming about Chester- the streets of Chesterfield, Matt. And here's okay. here's what you do. Do you have a neighborhood Facebook page? Uh, not that I'm aware of. All right. Put Mrs. Pauly on the on the case. I'll bet you there is a neighborhood Facebook page. Okay. And so what you do is you politely post, uh, Dear Neighbors, notice that someone's dog uh, messed in, in my yard uh, the other day. I picked it up. No big deal. Uh, and maybe, you know, it was night and you couldn't find it. That's happened to me maybe once. <clears throat> and... Uh, you know, because my dog's poops are really small. Was this a big poop? It was a big poop. It was oh, a big poop. A, so the, the man was not gonna right. miss the poop. He was not going to miss the poop. No. He knew the poop and was in the in the yard. The dog was not on a leash either. He was walking a freestanding with, the, with the leashless oh, dog. This so so that it was yeah, that's it, not good. It,
6: it was closer to our
5: front porch than it was to the side the dog was in the yard. It was deep in the It was not yard. on the it was not on the easement. No. It was in the yard. Yes. Where you go out to get the newspaper in the morning. Yes. With your little slippers on.
6: Yes, well... Well... No. We do... I, I may have to take that free pass back now. I, I might be the only person under the age of 50 who still receives a, uh, a paper yeah, copy I'm of the newspaper. Yeah, you, well, you have to. It's so yeah. got the sports page in it.
5: Exactly. Uh, so I think you put, put Mrs. Polly on the Facebook page, you n- make a nice little post, and basically you're saying, passively, aggressively, mm-hmm. I'm on to you, buddy. Okay. And, um... And he'll see that and he'll know that he's not gonna mess around. And more importantly, Rover is not gonna mess around in the poly yard ever again. Okay. There you go. That's there you go. we'll see. I do have I have clear video. I do have clear video oh. evidence. Yeah. Especially of the dog. The dog comes in clear. We could put Keith Morrison on this, we you could, know, on uh, Dateline Most yeah. Wanted. You ever watch that, Paul? Oh, yeah. He's great. <laughs> oh, so the dog pooped in the yard. I didn't
6: realize he was uh, Matthew Perry's uh, father in yeah, until yeah. the news this past week. Isn't that week, something? Which
5: was just devastating That was news. horrible. Yeah. Horrible. You know, my college roommate died in a, in, a, in a hot tub accident.
6: It's, you know, small things really. And so that night, I have a four-year-old daughter. Right. Uh, when we give her a bath at night- we're kinda in and out of the bathroom and sure. she's sitting in the tub. She's yeah. old enough that she's we She's splashing around. Yeah. yeah. And um that night, what was that? That was uh Sunday or Monday night, whenever it yeah. was well, Sunday night. Sunday night. Um I couldn't. I, I told my wife. I was like, I'm, I'm not leaving yeah. the bathroom yeah. until you come in. Like I'm. She's not sitting alone what's in the, the bathtub tonight. Uh,
5: what's the little thing gonna be tomorrow? Or is that a state secret?
6: No, she is. Uh, she is Sky from Paw Patrol, but Ooh. Mighty Sky because this Paw Patrol movie that just came out. Yeah. They're the Mighty Pups in this movie. Ooh. So she she's is Mighty uh, Sky. Yeah. She uh, she gave the costume a first run. Her school and church. Yeah, yeah. Did a trunk or treat yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. So she got the first look. How'd at it go the, over? Went went well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Never heard of Sky until my granddaughter told me she's going to be Sky. She's two years old. Sky's Whoa, very popular. Whoa,
6: we got a lot of Sky patrols yeah.
5: going on out there.
1: Wow.
6: I, th- I think if you are a, a young lady and you are a fan of Paw Patrol, you are yeah. likely that Sky is going to be your favorite uh, pup. Huh. Well, there you have it. Can't wait. Paw Patrol dominates the poly household.
5: Yeah, well, I, yeah. Know, I get that. Yeah, so my granddaughter's 18 months old, so she's, and, and her costume is a secret. They won't tell me. And they're all. She and and my daughter and my son in law are all dressing up in theme.
1: John, that's half the fun, though. It's kind of like Christmas. You you don't know the gift ahead of time. You get to show up. I will be dressing
5: up myself tomorrow as John Hancock. I'm going to be a professional snooker player. All right. I'm going to have the waistcoat on with a bow tie, have my cue in hand, ready (laughs) to go. We've got about a minute left. Okay. What do you guys
6: have coming up on the program So tonight? much,
5: Matt. It's hard to say. Uh, the Wesley Bell thing. How about that? We're going to talk about yeah. Wesley Bell in the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what happened down at City Park last night. Ugh. Yeah, it was rough, man. And I stayed up for it. I did, too. Very Me upsetting.
6: Too. I'd be up anyways, but I
5: stayed up specifically to Ooh. watch it. Uh, our good friend Paul has got a great cell phone story. I left my cell phone at home this you did. evening.
6: Yeah, senior uh, moment?
5: Yeah, every moment is a senior moment for me. <laughs> we got uh, Maria Kina coming on with us. We're going to talk about Halloween traditions, and our NFL insider is going to join us at 820. Isn't Maria great? She's the best. Yeah. Did you know she's a big band leader? I did not know that. The Knights of Swing. She has a big band, and I've seen them perform. So we usually talk about music or whatever with, with she, Maria. She's Greek. She's got some Greek in her. I'm Greek as well. So My we're... wife is Greek. Yes.
6: How about that? The Greeks are taking over Ticanis. the world. I don't know what that means. That means hello. Hello. Back to you. <laughs> Tikanis? Is that what you just said? Tikanis. Yeah.
5: Do you like Greek food?
6: Yeah, I love Greek food. What's your talk... favorite? Uh, probably baklava. Domaria? Oh, very good. Hey, we're
1: done. All right. They're up next here on KMOX. See ya. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas